This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Welcome back. Thursday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Morton in Hoover, Alabama. And Austin Lane back at the Action Sports Jacks studios uh, along with Justin Kuzart. Uh, we've got an interesting uh, stadium name potentially for the Buffalo Bills. We'll get to that in a little bit. The NCAA uh, makes some clarifications on uh, the coronavirus and how they will treat it regarding sports. We'll get into that as well. But we've already talked a little bit about sharks and kingfish and everything else uh, here on a Thursday. Why not go chase a tiger around for a moment? <laughs> Tiger Woods back on the course, and uh, boy, does it feel like things are back to normal if Tiger Woods is playing for the first time in five months. He's at the Memorial, loves that place, Jack's place uh, up there in Ohio, and uh, got off to a good start, two under through his first three holes, but now um, kind of meddling around on the back nine, a couple bogeys, and uh, he is even par, which isn't bad there at the Memorial. Five under is the lead, so uh, that's an okay round. Uh, Austin, a couple things, man. You know I'm fired up for Tiger to be back. I love Tiger. That you are. I have two questions. One, are you excited? I mean, listen, you're not a golf guy. I don't want you to fake it, and yeah. I, I get it. But are, are you at least, does it pique your interest a little bit more at, or, or are you just like me and Shark Week? Um, <laughs> or, and also, from a, a Tiger coming back standpoint, what are the expectations? Like, a guy hasn't played in five months. He's coming off last year's Masters. He had some great moments a year ago. Where do we sit with Tiger's expectations every time he goes out with all the good players in the game today, with Bryson DeChambeau driving at 420 yards, yeah. and with the majors upcoming, by the way. This is Tiger's time. I know the calendar's a little bit different, but he plays for the major championships, always has in his career. What are the expectations? Well, first of all, um, yeah, I am the casual golf fan, but I am definitely excited to have Tiger Woods back. I think if you break down every single professional sport, I think Tiger Woods, even at his age right now, and obviously, um, you know, he's, I mean, he's kind of on the twilight of his career. He's still doing really great, but obviously he's not like he used to be. But I think if you break down every single professional sport, Tiger Woods is the most important to golf. You know, I mean, like, if you lose Patrick Mahomes, you can replace him. If you lose uh, Mike Trout, you know, I mean, there's other guys out there. But with Tiger Woods, I think it just, it adds more excitement. It's the household name. And yeah, you have right now like a flash in the pan like Bryson DeChambeau, and that's great and everything. But Tiger's the cog that makes that machine go, man. So yeah, I'm excited to see him back. And like you mentioned, there's some big tournaments coming up now, and you want to see, I mean, listen, once those big tournaments come up, then it's back to like, it's like your regularly scheduled program. Now, the crowds aren't going to be there, Brent, but to me, it's going to probably feel the most normal of every uh, of any sport that's out there right now because Tiger is back. Yeah, and I think the expectation level is interesting. Again, I'm a big Tiger fan, so I like to see Tiger play well. I like to see him near the top of the leaderboards, but I also think we put unfair expectations on a guy who's in his mid-40s now or approaching it, uh, obviously has been reconstructed several times with that back, and... Uh, it's golf. It's a fickle game. I mean, sometimes you get hot, sometimes you don't. But I, I don't know. It's kind of like, to me, Tiger Woods made our expectation. Like, I always thought Tiger would win again. Never in a doubt in my mind. He's so talented. He will win again anyway. Like, he will win now again at some point. I mm -hmm. think he'll even probably sneak out another major along the way. He's got plenty of good golf uh, left as long as he stays healthy and stays motivated, uh, by the way. That's a big part of it, too. He's already accomplished so much. But 
I'll even admit my expectation. You got you got to kind of back off it sometimes. You got to be like, whoa, 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 wait. It's kind of like I, I've done this summer with Ty pitching. It's like Ty went out there and he was like an innings eater, just like go get some innings, and if they, you're going to give up hits, because well, then all of a sudden he started getting everybody out, and I'm like, oh boy, Ty's better get some people out. He's not giving up any runs. Like this, he, now he's like a pitcher. Yeah. Well, Tiger, in my own mind, is like, wait a minute, he didn't just go out there and play last year. He played really well. He won the freaking Masters. So now I expect him to compete in these major championships. Mm -hmm. Every time he jumps into a golf tournament, I expect him to be around. I expect him to make the cut, have some good rounds, play some good golf. I don't know if that's fair to him, but that's now my expectation. Again, I don't go into every tournament saying Tiger should win. Like, he shouldn't win the Memorial. He hasn't played in five months. He's going back out to compete. But I do think he should knock on the door and be in contention in at least one or two of these upcoming majors uh, toward the end of the year. I, I, that is my expectation of him, fair or unfair. No, I mean, I think that's fair. And that's what also kind of makes the intrigue, you know, to, to watch him there as well. I mean, when he won that Masters, I mean, everyone was buzzing about that. Everyone was talking about that. Because let's be honest, I mean, some people sure maybe called it. Yeah, I think Tiger's going to win it. But I don't think a lot of people actually expected him to do that. And once he did that, once he won the Masters, once he put that green jacket on once again after so long, it's like, well, this guy can still do anything, you know, and he's the biggest name in the sport. So I, I agree with you, Brent. I mean, obviously, he, he's had some time off. And listen, I, I don't know the ins and outs of golf, but I assume it takes a while to try to get your groove again and find, you know, find your swing of things, no pun intended. But... There's a reason why he came back now, right? Like, there's a reason why he is back now. He feels like, all right, l let me go ahead and shake off the cobwebs a little bit of this tournament, and let me go ahead and prep myself for the big run that's about to happen here. So I absolutely think, and I agree with you, I think I expect Tiger Woods to at least be in contention, a top three, a top five, at least one of these majors coming up. For sure. Yeah, well, we hope so. It's so much more fun when he is in it. And, and there's a lot of good golf to go around. Uh, Gary Woodland's putting on a pretty good show right now in opening uh, round of the Memorial. He's five under leading the tournament. Tiger five back with about four to play here in round number one where you just don't want to shoot yourself out of it. So be interesting to keep watching Tiger. I mean, you know, I feel like we have these discussions quite a bit, but humor us for, for a moment. Because when you said something, you know, just from your perspective, again, as a very casual, very casual golf fan, and say, like, kind of the impact that Tiger Woods... Because I bring up Colin Morikawa, and I bring up uh, Bryson DeChambeau right now, and Rory McIlroy, and Woodland, and Kepka and Dustin John, uh, Justin Thomas. I can throw all these names at you. And golf is in a really good place. It's got a ton of good players. But we know the Tiger impact. My question to you is this. The NBA is not that different than the PGA Tour in this sense. They've got a ton of good players. A ton of star players. They probably have actually more star power in the NBA than, than the, the depth of star power uh, in, in golf. So if LeBron James couldn't play for a few months, would we anticipate the return of LeBron to the NBA like we often do the return of Tiger to golf? Good call. Man, um... Yes and no. Like, obviously, when you talk about King James, I mean, he is the biggest name still in basketball. Uh, and that's for good reason. But I think with LeBron James, though, is that he has his peers around him, right? There's still the James Hardens. There's still the Russell Westbrooks. There's still the Giannis Antetokounmpo's. And don't get me wrong, they're not on the level of James by any means. You know I mean? There's Braun. There's everybody else. But I think in terms of golf, though, Brent, especially from the casual fan, 
there's no one on Tiger's level. And there probably will never be anybody on Tiger's level ever again. And the fact that the guy can still win, can still produce. Like, let's be honest here. The, 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 this past season, LeBron James, still a top three player. Um, you know, I mean, one could argue probably the best player if you want to compare him to Giannis Antetokounmpo or Steph Curry, whoever. He's still an elite player. But Tiger Woods still kind of has that on him as well where, dude, if you're one of the Masters championships, you're still an elite player. So I think it just comes down to right now is – the peers of, of who he plays with compared to LeBron James. There's more stars, I think, in the NBA than, than there is more stars in golf. So that being said, I think Tiger has advantage there. Yeah, it's an interesting um, um, you know, question. If you phrase it correctly, what you really got to do is take yourself out of it. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not asking, who are you? Who would you be more willing to watch? Well, Kuz, of course, would say LeBron. I mean, he wants to watch more of that than he does golf, my, is my guess. For sure. But, but you did a good job of, of answering it in the context of the question. And what I would say, and I would agree with you too, I think Tiger, when he comes back from layoffs, he's the most anticipated athlete maybe in the history of sports at returning to his craft. I mean, I think you can make that argument. Now, there might be one exception. What about Michael Jordan the second time around? When Michael Jordan was coming back, we just watched The Last Dance. Yeah. You know, and to me, again, really hard for me to kind of put it in full context because I'm like, oh, what am I? Uh, I'm 17, 18, 19 years old. I'm yeah. going to college. Plus, you know, it's, it's plus you're, dip- you're like a Larry Bird fanatic, so you didn't care <laughs> for Michael Jordan. So there's that too as well. Good, I get it. Good point. Yeah. But when we knew he was coming back, like there was this, oh my gosh, you, you could feel that in the Last Dance, right? When they showed that, so. I, I kind of wonder. I, I bet that rivaled it is my point. You know, no. I bet when Tiger coming off injury, Tiger coming off layoffs, Tiger coming back to the game of golf. I bet Michael Jordan rivaled that when he came back out of retirement after that year break and returned to the Bulls. See, and, and listen, and, and I'm obviously a little biased because obviously I grew up a big Michael Jordan fan, but I think Michael Jordan was even bigger than when Tiger Woods comes back. Now, don't get me wrong. Right now, uh, as I said to open up the segment, there is no person more important to their sport of it being successful and being watched than it is Tiger Woods. It, it's hands down, not even close in my opinion. Sure, you got like Conor McGregor in the UFC, but no, man. Uh, in terms of viewership, in terms of hype, no one's more important to their sport than Tiger Woods is. But I think with Michael Jordan, though, Brent, and this is the way a lot of sports fans feel, I believe. It's like with Michael Jordan... He was the pinnacle, okay? He was the absolute elite. He was something that a lot of people have never seen before. And selfishly, we want to see more of that, right? When we see this all-star, this this once-in-a-lifetime generational type of athlete, we want to see all that we can see of them. And Michael Jordan chose to just walk away. He walked away in his prime. And I think people were kind of left, like, deflated, like, dude, you still have so much more to give us. Why Why are you going to deny us of watching you and all your greatness? You're going to go play baseball now? What's up with that? So to me, when Michael Jordan came back, it was that greatness coming back. Obviously, with Tiger Woods right now, you know he's been he's been gone for a while, but he comes back. He's been gone for a while, he comes back. But even when I think when Tiger Woods has been gone on these breaks, he's still a great golfer. But I wouldn't call him like the top pinnacle number one player in the world. Remember when Michael Jordan walked away. One could say that about him. Yeah, I think um, I think we have to. I, I think that's fair. And I also think we have to remind ourselves once in a while that man, this is bonus Tiger Woods. 
We didn't know if we'd get it again. Now, again, I thought he'd come back and, and win. I really did. Uh, and maybe that was pie in the sky, my, my tiger goggles on. I just think he's too talented. And the way golf works, I mean, you, you can play for a longer time than any other sport. So yeah. it doesn't mean you're fried. Now, I, I, I do wonder about the back. I mean, the back, if it, he calls it a miracle. So if he didn't have the recovery from the back, then maybe we would never have seen it. But my point of it, uh, just to, to, to end the segment here, is... Once in a while, we need to remind ourselves that just two years ago, three years ago, whatever, what, two years ago, I think it was, we wondered if he'd ever come back. Mm-hmm. And now he's winning the Masters. He's playing well in the President's Cup. Um, he's, he's, he's back in action. And we are getting bonus Tiger Woods. You know, this is like after the credits, getting a few more scenes. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and it's it's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool, and I think we have to, as sports fans, appreciate that. Again, you don't have to love Tiger. I, I know I'm a little over the top on Tiger. I get it. But still, for what he does for that sport, what he does for sport, the PGA Tour should think this way. I think other players should feel this way. Um, the more he's around, the better it is for that sport, the better it is for us sports fans. And it's bonus time uh, right now. Heck, well, bonus time could last a decade. Who knows? It right. could last a decade. Well, and that's the thing too, Brent, right? Because at least with Michael Jordan, like, yeah, you knew you were watching greatness and you knew that you're kind of watching this once in a generational type of guy who would forever change the game of basketball and professional sports. But even when he was on the twilight of his career, you knew there were other guys getting ready to take the torch over, right? You, you had Kobe Bryant there. You know, you had Kevin Garnett. So you had these other stars that were ready to take over the role. Now, did they ever become Michael Jordan? No, but they made sure the game was well in its place and still preserved as it is today. With Tiger Woods, listen, I mean, we, we can say Rory McIlroy, you know, and we can say Ricky Fowler, and you can say Bryson DeChambeau, but, like, when Tiger Woods steps away, and this is why I think I agree with you here. I'm not sure if we're on the same page. I don't want to speak for you. But I just think once Tiger Woods decides that he's done, whatever that's going to be, it's like we're watching, you know, just like this supernova fade away. And then we're going to be left wondering, well, what's next? Is anybody going to step up or not? To me, at least when Michael Jordan walked away, people were ready to take over the mantle. I honestly, and once again, as a casual golf fan, I can't say that the same for the sport of professional golf right now. While it wasn't lockstep, man, I think if you go back and look when Jordan did get out, the NBA suffered for a few years. Yeah. It suffered with its identity. It suffered with its image. There was the malice in the palace. Yes, there was a handing of the, the torch to Kobe Bryant, but even that didn't take shape until he won championships a few years later after that. And still the NBA was trying to come out of a little bit of an identity crisis, I think, uh, in an image crisis. And so it has rebounded in a big way, but it wasn't automatic. Yeah. Uh, golf might have to go through the same thing, although they do have a ton of young players in the game. I mean, they have some great players in the game. Uh, I wonder what it will feel like when we know Tiger Woods is done. Uh, but hopefully it's some sometime uh, down the road. Uh, this is a great retweet by Justin Kuzart uh, uh, a little bit earlier. Kuz retweeting uh, <laughs> this tweet that says, A bidet company called Tushy wants to buy naming rights for the Buffalo Bills Stadium and also host a college toilet bowl. Tush, as I just said on so Twitter, might be one of the great words. Like, my mom used to say that all, all the time. Like, she didn't say butt. She didn't say other profanities. She said, get your tush over here. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> listen. Buffalo Bills right now. Obviously a very passionate fan base. Obviously a lot of hype. Obviously they're the favorite to win the, the AFC, uh, whatever, North, right, or the East, whatever it is. But... If I have to play in a stadium called Tush Stadium or Tushy Stadium, 
I'm, I'm, I'm either going to A, ask for my release or trade me, or B, I'm going to retire. Because I'm not doing it. I'm not going to say, yeah, I'm heading over to Tushy Stadium right now. There is no way. No way I would ever do that. So with that being said, if you're the Buffalo Bills organization, do the right thing here. I don't care, and I will swore, I don't care how much they're offering you for that name. You turn it down 100% of the time. Enough said. You really have to turn it down. I mean, can you – I don't know what kind of dollars. I didn't read the whole thing. I don't even know if it was put out there. But can you imagine – like, say they offer just this insane amount of money. It's a business. Naming rights are a big deal. I don't think in Buffalo you have everybody knocking on the door yeah. to have naming rights. I have it's it right here. Kind of, the, uh, what, is the, what is the dollar? What are the dollars? 12.5 mil. How much for, money for, is Tushy for what? Making? A year? <laughs> it just says, or over the course of it. It just says the company's deal would supposedly be worth $12.5 million and would rename the venue Tushy Stadium. What well, that's interesting to see how long it goes because, like, I think the Jags were at, like, $5 mil a year maybe, something like that, with um, Everbank. And now I don't know how much of that is just kind of transferred over to TIAA. But I, I don't know what $12.5 million gets you. I don't know if that's an annual, if that's three years, five years, uh, what that is. But uh, it, they'd have to give me more, I think, Austin. Uh, once again, I mean, add as many zeros as you want to that list. There's no way if I'm an owner of a franchise and I'm trying to recruit free agents to say, hey, come on down to Tushy Stadium and see what we do here. There's no way. And keep in mind as well, we're talking about the city of Buffalo here. You ever been there? You ever met their fans, the Bills Mafia? You mean to tell me the Bills Mafia is going to let this slide? There's not going to be repercussions for your actions? There is no way this is going to happen. broken tables. Hey, the, the broken tables, in my opinion, is going to be the, the least of it. I'm talking, they're probably going to throw toilets on the field. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm just saying, if you're managing right now for the Buffalo Bills, don't be stupid. Do the right thing. Don't name your stadium Tushy Stadium. Broken bidets. Broken bidets. And by the way, who knew the, 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 the bidet business was bringing in the cash? We're, we're in the United States of America. Who's got a bidet in there? Do you, Brent, you got a bidet in your I bet you do. I, do. I bet He's you got do. a fireplace. You know damn well Brent Martin is rocking at least two bidets in the guest bedroom as well. Let's be honest, okay? I don't have a bidet. Yeah. Just kind of wish I did. <laughs> I've never used them before, but I didn't know they are that big of a deal. You know, and I don't, uh, I, I hope, gosh, I hope this doesn't sound bad, um, but where I grew up, like, I had never heard of a, a bidet yeah. uh, as a kid, right? Well, but I grew up in um, uh, a couple of my really close friends uh, were Portuguese. Yeah. Uh, Portuguese, a uh, big uh, population of uh, Portuguese descent in, in Rhode Island, especially East Providence, like where I went to school. And that was the first time I saw, like, I didn't know if that was a thing, um, but I had a couple of friends and they had bidets. Sure. And, and I was like... I was like, wow, I, I never even, like, I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was yeah. like, what is this doing? Yeah. Don't look down. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but anyway, that was the first time I'd ever even seen it. Like, I don't, and to, still to this day, I don't know if it's a popular thing, like, in the States. Is it an international thing? I don't know. Uh, but obviously, they make some money. I mean, like, if, you're, if saying, you're willing to pay $14 million <laughs> per year or whatever it is to put your name on the stadium, you're doing okay. Now, I don't know if there's some kind of backdoor operation, no pun intended, there's some kind of backdoor operation. <laughs> going on right now in terms of maybe they're selling something on the side maybe they're skimming off the top i don't know man if i'm the better business bureau right now hey so, i look into it so what you're saying is something's a little smelly but ah. you are um, you just had one of your finest moments on the show i appreciate it man. that was Thank good you. That, that backdoor thing was pretty good yeah. um the other thing about it is you can't have an let's just say the name is one thing 
but you can't have the play on words to your place. Like, like our, like Everbank was the bank. Yeah. Like everybody's going to say, "Welcome to the toilet bowl." Look, look, oh, the toilet bowl. Okay, I was just saying, "Welcome to the tush," which is even worse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just you can't uh, do that. No, dude. And like uh, of all fan bases, the the Bills. Like I said, the Bills Mafia. No, you, you can't do that. Maybe you can pull that crap off in Arizona or something <laughs> like that, or in LA. You know, where they're kind of more casual. But you're not going to do it on the but east now, coast of Buffalo. But There's now, no when way. you say like the 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 teams, Once again, no pun intended. I just realized I said something else. But all now, right. when you say like the team stinks, it almost would make sense. Right? I just, man, it's, it's, there's no way this is going to happen. I, I don't know why this is in the headlines. I don't know why we're entertaining this idea. I just, there, there's no way. There is I don't know, no but we now way. know the Tushy Company is a thing. Well, and it's like, and, it's like Brent said too. The only people that say tushy are like, you know, like your mom from back in the day, or like a, or like a preschool teacher, or like a kindergarten teacher, like because you, you know, you went to the bathroom and you missed, and all of a sudden, oh, you, you what? Hey, it didn't happen to me, but I heard things. Okay, <laughs> not saying anything more. It's just, dude, it's, just, it's crazy. Uh, it's just crazy T- stuff right now. By the way, if you, if your mom said tush, yeah, uh, get your tush over here. She probably already um, said, also said. You have to tinkle. Exactly, tinkle, <laughs> tush, and everything like that. And you better believe if she said tush, and she said you buy, she said it by your middle name as well. You're getting a whooping as well. Like, yeah, get yeah, your really so and so, get your tush over here. Game over. Thanks for playing. <laughs> oh, unbelievable! All right, let's switch topics. <laughs> How you gonna segue out of this one? When we come back. <laughs> okay. Sounds like on. we're playing. We're, we're being played out of here. Thanks, we should be. I gotta Save this. the radio show. Yeah. Save the station. Yeah. Uh, when we come back, though, NCAA announcing COVID testing and return to sport guidelines. I didn't think the NCAA mattered anymore. <laughs> Quite frankly, what do they have to say about it? What's the latest uh, when we come back? From Hoover, Alabama to Jacksonville, Florida. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 here on a Thursday. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, welcome back on a Thursday edition of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martin here in Hoover, Alabama. One last show. I'll be back in the studio tomorrow. Thanks again to the guys, Austin Lane and, and Justin Cousart, uh, and everybody back there for being flexible, and you, the listener, for being flexible, being back of the pickup truck show, uh, which kind of <laughs> is cool because it's been like a remote, and I miss doing remotes. Not that I don't love the studio, but I love being out and about. So uh, we've been able to make it work, and, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, watching some baseball and uh, be heading back. I'll tell you this, man, uh, as we do welcome you back to Hoover uh, here with Brent Mortno and Austin Lane back in the studio. If I told you, hey, I'm going to go uh, live in Birmingham, yeah, you'd be like, eh, all right, Birmingham, really? Why? And I think a lot of people, I would have probably said that, just to be honest, like, really? Okay, that doesn't sound like the greatest place in the world. This might be. Are you ready for this statement? Hit me with and I it. hope it's not overly dramatic. I said this to Steph today as we're walking through the hills of some neighborhoods uh, earlier this morning. This might be the most underrated place I've ever been to and, and visited. Really? Hoover, the Hoover, Birmingham area. Now, we're in Hoover, so we're outside like Birmingham. We're not downtown Birmingham. We've been down there, too, and it's cool. It's got some great history as well. So I'm not spending as much time there, but this Hoover area where the high school is and where this Met complex is and where, like, the SEC plays and all that stuff, I mean, the hills alone, like, it feels like I'm in New Hampshire or Colorado. Uh, you look up, and it looks like you got this little village town sometimes in these homes, and everything's got a hill to it. There's no, like, level driving. So it, it just... Uh, 
it's really pretty, man. It, it's it's a beautiful place. Uh, I don't know what it's like in the winter. We were in we were around here in November. It wasn't bad. It was a little on the chillier side. I don't even know if they get any snow here in in, uh, in Birmingham. Probably not much if they do. But I'm telling you, this area is an underrated area. I really like it. I think it's, we went to the state park yesterday. It's beautiful here. Unbelievable. So like I've, I haven't been to Hoover. Obviously, we go to. Mobile, Alabama, and I, I mean, I fell in love with that spot. I played in the Senior Bowl there, and I thought it was a cool little spot. So shout out to Alabama, kind of being on the underrated side of things a little bit in terms of what our great country has to offer. Yeah, um, I, I, I think you got to get here if uh, if you haven't been. Uh, Coos is telling me that the Washington Redskins news so it's is out. out. Yep, the Washington um, Post so just released it. They just did it, huh? Yeah. Uh, Okay, um, before you, you, you go through that, I want to share at least because I teased this. The NCAA also came out with some guidelines. Real quick, this won't take long to go through. Uh, but they just released some guidelines here today. Uh, here's the deal. Key aspects of the plan devised by the NCAA Sports Science Institute to bring college sports back to the field. Daily self-health checks, the appropriate use of face coverings and social distancing during training competition and outside of athletics, testing strategies for all athletic activities, including preseason, regular season, postseason, testing and results within 72 hours of competition in high-contact risk sports. So 72 hours within that, they have to test. That would be the high-risk, high-contact. That would be football and probably even basketball and maybe even soccer is on here. So that's the latest from the NCAA. How much will the leagues and the Power Five and everybody else follow these guidelines, make their own guidelines? Uh, Where do they fall in these guidelines? I think that's still to be seen. And the SEC has basically said, we'll figure something out later in uh, this month. The MAC has just announced they will not start fall sports until early September, so they're delaying them. Uh, I saw New York State High School said uh, that uh, they are pushing back the start of fall sports. So we're starting to get this. And, and if you looked at like Louisiana high schools over the last couple of days, said we're going to go pretty much lockstep with the SEC. We're going to kind of watch what they do, and then we'll move our calendar accordingly to the SEC. Shows you the weight that LSU might carry in the state of Louisiana. So a little bit of an update there, and I wanted to uh, be able to bring you that. All right, uh, do you? I ha- don't have the Washington Post article in front of me. Yeah. But uh, this has been on the horizon. Rumors been spreading. What's the latest according to this article? Uh, do we have time to dive into it and well, see what it reveals? Yeah. So listen, man, this is this is super long and there's a lot to it. But um, and by the way, you you have to get a login. You have to pay for the Washington Post article. That's all right though. I buy. Th- oh. I, don't worry. I hacked into it. I'm in WashingtonPost.com for free. <laughs> Not gonna say how I did it, Brent. Just call it one of my attributes that I bring to the ESPN 690 family. But um, in all seriousness, seriousness though, so. This story is stemming from a, a, a woman by the name of Emily Applegate, and she was a former cheerleader for the Washington Redskins. Um, herself and 14 former female Redskins employees um, working in the stadium or as cheerleaders have re- asked to be remain unanimous, except for the, this uh, Miss Applegate here, are all saying that they are suing the club due to sexual harassment misconduct and what's gonna i mean i'm reading this live right now so i'm sorry if i'm kind of rambling a little bit um and also sexual extortion whatever that means so take your i mean i'm I'm not a lawyer but that's kind of what the charges are being brought up to right now um they they all confronted 
um, Daniel Snyder, who obviously is the owner, and requested to do like you know an interview to talk about him about the employee conduct, and he ignored the requests time and time again. Um, once again, those requests coming from the discussion of the sexual nature, nature and the extortions, such as cheerleaders were asked to wear revealing clothing and flirt with clients in order to close deals, unquote. Um, and among the men accused of the harassment and verbal abuse are three former members of Snyder's inner circle and two longtime members of the personnel department. Um, those members are... Uh, a, a former senior vice president of the Redskins, um, a club director, and a pro, pro personnel of the Redskins, um, an announcer of the Redskins, uh, the president, oh, I'm sorry, the former president of business operation for the Redskins, and the former chief operating officer for the Washington Redskins. They're the guys that are being brought to light right now. Um, as far as like any kind of coaches, any you know players things like that i'm not seeing it but once again it's a pretty long article but um i'm not seeing any any of that nature right now at least okay yeah i'm kind of clicking through it too i just signed yeah. up for a dollar how about that anything <laughs> for this radio show action sports jacks on espn 690 yeah. thanks for the paywall washington post yeah um but everybody's got to make a living um yeah i'm kind of flipping through it too and really what i'm i'm trying to see is if uh, let's just be honest, and I don't know what you addressed in the in the beginning, and I really don't want to make any inflammatory accusations or anything based off rumors, but there was a lot of rumors about this article coming out and kind of linking to, uh, you know, the head coach at the time was Jay Gruden yeah. for men, much of this time. And so were those true? I mean, I got a lot of questions about it today. Our news folks are asking about it. I mean, I don't see in this article anything to do with with Jay Gruden, who's now the Jaguars offensive coordinator. Again, I'm kind of flipping through it as I'm speaking, but I don't see his name mentioned yeah. um, in this, which I, I, I guess – Listen, there's two different issues, right? I mean, the Washington Redskins have been a mess, are a mess, and this is just adding to it, and this is serious stuff uh, for sure. But then there's another part of it here in Jacksonville, and you kind of wonder, and our heads were swirling over the last day or so. It's like, okay, well, what does – I mean, the offensive coordinator was recently the head coach there. Does this involve football people? Does this involve personnel people mm -hmm. and it doesn't look like at least in this article it's mentioned so some of the rumors that were out that's why you got to be so careful and they were bad rumors about oh, uh, about gruden's involvement yeah and uh, that's why you gotta wait and and there's nothing of that sort that i've seen in uh in here well, um, yeah, and listen, and when we started the show today, obviously I brought this topic up. We were expecting the Washington Post to release this article. I mean, if not today, maybe tomorrow. That, that was kind of on the, you know, that was kind of the hearsay or whatever. But yeah, in terms of Jay Gruden, I mean, I said, listen, there, there's rumors out there right now, but it doesn't hold any weight until people can confirm that, right? I mean, if you go on social media, you go on Twitter, I mean, you can read anything you want to. You can literally type searching in anything you want, and you could probably find a crazy article about something that's not true. So, yeah, in terms of Jay Gruden, I didn't even really mention him to start the show just because it was all hearsay. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, I just clicked on something, like, on Twitter, and it's like it mentions him. Like he is, uh, like people are just putting stuff out there, mm -hmm. and that's why it can be dangerous. And and I think uh, people are asking us about it. Yeah. But uh, you know, and and by the way, do I think in something like this that's out there, and and we we don't know any of the facts. These are allegations. But is it is it fair to ask the question? Okay, well, was the head did the head coach have any 
any play in this? Mm-hmm. Was he a part of this? Do they know that? Do, do any of the football people, do the players? You could ask it about anybody. Again, I think a, a part of the story is, you know, does it include the then head coach of Washington? And the answer to that is no. And why is that part of the story here in Jacksonville? Because he's the offensive coordinator now. Correct. And so I, I say that from a Jags perspective, from a Jacksonville perspective, I, I, at least there's a shed of, of good news right there that from a football standpoint, you're now we're not calling down to, J, to Jags headquarters and other places and being like, well, what's up with your offensive coordinator? No, so yeah, at I, least I, it yeah. doesn't seem that right now unless there's more stuff that comes out. But uh, that's what people were wondering today. So if we're just being honest, we're putting it out there mm-hmm. and saying this Washington Post article does not mention his name in any of it. Those rumors that you've seen for the last 24 or 36 hours yeah. were obviously erroneous at this point unless somebody brings something else to the table. Correct, yeah. And listen, man, I mean, you know, and obviously you can read it out there for yourselves. You can see what you know he's being accused of and all that stuff. You know, if it turned out to be true, it would be absolutely detrimental not only to, to you know, Coach Groom, but also the, the the franchise in general and things like that. So thankfully, you know, if you're a Jaguars fan right now, you can kind of breathe a little sigh of relief. The fact remains, though, that this article points out that, listen, Daniel Snyder right now and a lot of guys are in some trouble, Brent. I mean, to say the least. Now, once again, are these accusations true? Uh, you know, you have to let the court process go through its whole thing and we'll see. But I'm just saying, you know, when you have 14 people come forward and say this was going on, obviously it's not a good look for the Washington Redskins, who are already kind of underneath the microscope because of their changing their name already. Yeah, listen, the the Redskins are a mess, man. Yeah. The Redskins have been a mess. They've been a mess for a few years. And their organization is a mess. And there's a lot of stuff out there that the minority owners want out, and they've hired law firms and all this stuff going on, where they want away from Daniel Snyder, it looks like. But the the Reds the, the Washington Redskins who now really aren't even the Redskins anymore as they retire that name, um, they're a mess on a lot of levels. They have lost a ton of their fan base from a season. You're talking about one of the proud organizations. This might be one of the the, the great rise and falls of sports organizations we've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, yeah. Washington is that proud of a franchise from the Joe. Gibbs days to the John Riggins days to the Doug Williams days, um, and, and even all the way up until RG3's standout performance as a rookie quarterback, the Redskins have have become a mess. I mean, I don't know what, any other way to put it, uh, and this latest article from the Washington Post um, just adds to it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what becomes of this now. Um, obviously, I think Daniel Snyder wasn't in the most positive light before this article came out, you know, even the past couple of years or so. And now you add this on top of kind of what his peers, kind of what the league, I think, and kind of what the city thinks of Daniel Snyder. Um, it's it's not good. And it really just makes you wonder if there's going to be a, a market, you know, pretty soon for a new owner of the Washington Redskins. Yeah, and could be forceful. Right. Exactly. Uh, it might not be voluntary, but it could be forceful. We've seen it in sports before. Uh, and could it happen again uh, with uh, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell having to have a say and say something and other owners forcing that to happen? Um, it's not unprecedented in sports for that to take place, uh, given accusations. So we'll see where this lands. And again, uh, I, I know we've tried to, you know, our listeners care about the Jacksonville side of things. The bigger, biggest part of the story here, uh, the overall riding part of the story here from the Washington Redskins and the Washington Post report is that 15 women 
that worked for the Redskins mm-hmm. have alleged sexual harassment. Yeah. And uh, that allegation is out there. That's this big uh, bombshell of a report from the Washington Post that people have been anticipating all week long. And it, it, it is pointed at Daniel Snyder and his uh, inner circle, if you will. Um, as uh, where the allegations land. So we'll see what happens uh, with the uh, Washington Redskins down the road. I think uh, where at least right now there's there's no story to take a turn toward uh, Jacksonville and their offensive coordinator, uh, despite the fact that Jay Gruden was the head coach of the Washington Redskins most recently. Uh, let's uh, wrap up the show on a lighter note, uh, if we can, uh, here on a Thursday. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We talked about Madden like, oh my gosh, how many times during this week? <laughs> a lot, man. Uh, I, I haven't yeah. even played the game. Like, I, 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 I might have played like once. Like, I haven't even played it, and here we are talking about it. Yeah. But I, I got, uh, it was something, I think Ezekiel Elliott put something out today, and I kind of just jokingly said, yeah, it's probably Madden's uh, is, uh, Madden rating. But it actually did spark something else, and I put out there, I can't believe guys care about it this much. Yeah. Because I saw Le'Veon Bell's. Uh, his thing now. Somebody said to me, "He's like, yeah, I think they're just joking around about it." I'm like, I don't think well, so. That's not what comes across to me. I don't. I don't think they're joking. Cause we have that Kyler Murray audio. Probably not, huh? No. Nope. Uh, it's all good. I sent it to you this morning. All good. Told you to play today. But we're all good, though. Yeah, so Kyler Murray was on ESPN this morning talking to Max Kellerman, and Kyler Murray was ticked off about his rating. Like, Kyler, like, listen, dude, you're going to your second year right now. You got Hopkins and everybody. You should be excited, and you're worried about your man rating. And this is kind of the rant I went on a little bit, um, Brent, when, when you were uh, you know watching the baseball game to start the show with. There is nothing more genuine than watching Max Kellerman. We're talking about a guy who used to call the biggest boxing fights, who used to interview the the biggest fighters of all time, a a, a true craftsman of what he does. And now he's on this ESPN morning show with just looking dead in the eyes, asking Kyler Murray what he thinks about his Madden rating. It was the funniest thing ever because to me, who cares, man? You know, if you're an NFL player... Why would you care about what your man rating is? Keep in mind who's rating you. It's probably a bunch of kids that didn't play football and that are video game you know, geeks, and that's fine. I, I'm one of those as well. But they don't really understand the intricacies of football that much. All right? So it would be like getting offended by an article that comes out because maybe someone that doesn't like you posted something on Twitter. It's the same thing to me and Madden. And the fact that players are taking it so personally, it just baffles me, man. It just, yeah. it, it's unbelievable. We're on the same page here. Kuz kind of says he gets where they're coming from. Like, I did have a response on Twitter like, well, yeah, but if you played it growing up and, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why do they care? Like, I ask this often, and again, I say it with all due respect, the greatest amount of respect I can possibly give. Is today's athlete softer than they've ever been? <laughs> and if you care about your Madden ranking, you're, you're basically telling me yes. I just I just can't believe how much we, we talk about it, though. And I get it. We talk about it because it's a big story. I mean, it's not just like we're bringing this out of thin air. No, everyone's talking about it. All the players are talking about it. Dude, let it go. I mean, like, I remember when I used to drive Uber, Brett, before I got this job. Thank, thank you very much. But I remember driving Uber. I took pride in having a 5.0 rating. You know, it was the, the top of the top. I was the top 1%, Brent. I was doing my job to the best of my abilities. One day, uh, a gentleman comes in my car, sits in the front seat, and let's just say that he tried to pour out a level 2 or 3, maybe 1 level grade narcotic 
on my dash of my car and I said, hey, man, can you please not do that? We're not doing drugs in my car right now. And he got upset with me. Like, I was in the wrong. Like, I wasn't cool because I said, can you please not do drugs in my wife's car? So he got all upset. And you know what happened after that? He gave me a one-star rating. So I went from, you know, the, the perfect five stars to like a four-point, whatever, six-five for a bit. Now, yeah, then it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit because, obviously, my perfect rating was tarnished. You better believe it. But then I looked at who was rating me, a guy that wanted to do drugs in my car. Do you think I really care what that guy thinks about my opinion and my driving, my Uber abilities? Absolutely not. Not saying it's that insane as, you know, the Madden ratings, but I'm just saying just stay in your lane, focus on football, and it'll all take care of itself. Don't stress so much about the Madden ratings. I do. I mean, can you imagine? Let's just take the 80s, the guys in the 80s. Let's just say when Del Rio played and Lyle Alzado was playing. Yeah. Can you imagine them caring about something like this? Maybe they did, and I just don't know. <laughs> but can you imagine them caring about this kind of stuff? Like, I don't get it. Like, I, I, I just, I guess it's today's athlete to a degree, you know? I mean, it's kind of like, it's it's a little bit like I laugh at it here in, in this little world we live in, in travel baseball. Like, the dads and the moms and the kids, they all want to, like, see their uh, perfect game or whoever put their video out on Twitter. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's getting you a scholarship. Who cares? Half the swings I see on Twitter stink anyway. Listen, here's and, and, and I think to me here's the here's the overall thesis. Here's the overall problem of where we're at right now. This is the problem why we're talking about it. You know, on ESPN on the morning show, we're talking about it right now on ESPN 690. Football players have always been super competitive, and that's never going to change, nor should it. There's a reason why guys make it to the league. They have they have that driven ego. They're competitive. They want to be the best. I understand that. But my issue comes in, and why it feels like the twilight zone to me a little bit, is because they're taking those Madden ratings and they're saying, oh, well, this guy's got an 80, I'm only a 77, so you must think he's better than me. Once again, your peers aren't saying this about you. A bunch of guys that probably went to MIT, that went to <laughs> Silicon Valley, and you know are making maybe 50 grand a year making video games, they're saying it about you. So why do you care so much? They don't know the sport of football. They know the sport of video games. Just let it go and get ready for the season. And play better. And play better. Exactly. <laughs> Shout out to all the man adjusters out there. Man, I can't wait to talk to a man adjuster one day. I have right, we so get many a questions. Can we get a man adjuster on the show? I have so when many questions. When you come questions. back from vacation, Coos, can you do that? I have so many questions. Coos, have a good vacation. Guys, thanks for the flexibility. Thanks for hanging with us on the Thursday. I'll be back in studio tomorrow uh, for another edition of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Once again, tomorrow, the final day of 2020 Carathon presented by Duval Asphalt. Jump in the, the, the and help. Uh, give a helping hand at childcancerfund.org. Go to ESPN690.com for more information. You can bid on silent auction items, or you can text the word forever to 41444 to make a donation. Have a good rest of your night, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us here on ESPN 690. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.